Heavenly Father, uh, we thank You that You have uh, shown Yourself to us as a Father. And uh, You have also shown Yourself to us as a Son. And so, Lord, as men, uh, we come before You asking You to reveal uh, Yourself to us, reveal ourselves to us, reveal us to Yourself. And um, we ask, God, that You would just be, speak to us in this time, that You would uh, this would be a, a moment of making us more uh, like the men that You have created us to be. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on in, guys. Well, this is, uh, this is new. This is something we hadn't done before. Uh, a, a class uh, just with men. And then there is, uh, there is another class going on that is just for women. And uh, that class is called Becoming Risk Takers. Andrew Pearson suggested that the, uh, the title of this class might be uh, Dealing with Risk Takers. So, <laughs> which I, uh, I can understand. <laughs> and start recording now. Um, no, that's, uh, that's great. Actually, uh, actually, Fran and I have not, we haven't talked one bit about... Uh, the content of, of her class uh, versus versus this class, I have um, I've actually been pretty nervous about this class because what I don't want it to be, what I don't want it to seem like, is I am uh, I'm a man. I'm teaching I'm teaching you guys how to be men. You know, like I don't want it to I don't want to come across uh, like that. But I, I do think uh, very very much that uh, God made us men on purpose. There is a particular calling uh, for us as men uh, and as men of faith, uh, both uh, in our in our families, in, in the church, uh, in our places of work, and um, and so what I want to do so over the course of two weeks, uh, it'll be this week and then it'll be the week uh, after Easter. So next week is Easter, and the so week after after that. So I just I want to first take a look at sort of theoretically what um, what is meant uh, what what does the world say about masculinity and uh, and how uh, the the way that we uh, portray our and, and pursue and live into our own uh, masculinity uh, is that any different practically speaking than uh, the rest of the world and um, and then. Uh, so we're just going to ask some questions about that, and then uh, in part two, uh, we'll, we'll sort of look practically. We'll look at, at our roles as, as fathers, as sons, as husbands, maybe as brothers, uh, certainly uh, roles in the, in the church, role uh, in the workplace. And, uh, and I, listen, I, I'm not an expert. I'm a guy just like you who's trying to, trying to figure it out, uh, and, um, but I, I, I have thought about uh, Sort of masculinity and, and and manhood and what that means in in Christ. I, I don't claim to have all the answers, um, but I just so I just want to sort of caveat and preface that I I really appreciate you being here, and um, and I I really value your feedback as well. So I hope this will be more uh, of a conversation. But um, to just sort of get us talking and, and get us thinking at the, at the risk of being a, a little bit cartoonish, I just have a, a few images of masculinity. Uh, that are sort of revered by um, uh, the media, revered by our sort of popular culture as as masculine, uh, if not a sort of a, a 
a caricature of, of masculinity. Um, you've got the uh, the Harley guy. You've got uh, the sort of muscle-bound guy that that uh, secretly we all want to be, uh, but but we're not. Um, we live sort of vicariously through through sports. You know, we don't really expect to be that guy where you can see the muscles uh, under his skin ripping across there, and we don't really expect to be that. There might be. A hand, it might be two guys in here you could see their abs. I don't know. But, um, uh, and, and, uh, but, but we somehow live vicariously uh, through these guys. Uh, then there's, uh, you know, I, again, nobody really expects to be Rambo. Uh, we just want to know that we could be if we had to be. Um, the, uh, the, uh, another Im- image is uh, you know, sort of the beer drinking, you know, every, this is what male fellowship looks like. Uh, guys getting around, there has to be beer involved. Uh, and, uh, and then, I don't, do you know who this is over here? This is uh, Luke Walton. He's an NBA player and, uh, and five uh, lovely ladies uh, with him. That's another sort of image, sort of cartoonish caricature uh, of masculinity. Now, uh, my next image, it may not suit everyone in here. Uh, but uh, I have been told that um, the uh, <laughs> that Nick Saban is for grown men what Justin Bieber is to to uh, middle school girls. Um, that that he walks in, guys just don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, and again, I I I recognize I. I I just couldn't find a picture of Gene Chiswick. That's all. Um, the uh, the uh, I, I wonder. I just sort of wonder why. And just I would love for you to to offer uh, why it is that you think that these are images. Maybe you don't agree, but I, I think I think you would agree that at least popularly uh, in, in caricature, these are images of masculinity that are given by. Uh, the sort of the media and sort of the, the secular world. Why, I mean, what what resonates? What do you what do you why do you think that might be? Anybody? They have a goal. They go out and they accomplish that goal. What's the goal? Oh, so the guys that are sort of lifted up, they, they have, they're goal-oriented and they're able to achieve their goal. Is that, is that what you're saying? I, I thought you were saying that maybe the portrayers, like the media, they want to sell something. But, but you're saying, you're saying that the, the reason we sort of idolize these guys, or like particularly maybe the athlete, is because he's, he's able to accomplish the goal that he set before. Is that... Achieve the Winners. Yeah, winners. That's right. That's what, that's what we want. Successful or perceived to be successful, even a, you know, sort of, it's a a metaphor or something like that, maybe just with a Rambo or I mean, he's taken out his name. They're they're not they're not um, nobody will stand in his way. He's able to to get it done, and, and I think you know, frankly, that's that's why we like Nick Saban so much. I mean, the guy's he's hard. I mean, he he's hard, but he's a leader. Uh, he's successful, and it's no fluke because he's successful again and again and again. Uh, he doesn't mind ticking people off, uh, it, and he gets away with it. Um, and, and it, you know, it doesn't hurt that he's he's fit. You know that, and, and that is. What about action moves? Why 
Why do you, why do you think, uh, maybe, why do you like action movies? If you do, why do you think uh, men are what makes movies like Braveheart uh, sell? Women, women didn't, didn't uh, make that a, a blockbuster. What, what, why do men like action movies? I mean, you, you, didn't, you, didn't make sen- you didn't make sense in sensibility. They're easy to understand. Yeah. It's an outward sign of uh-huh. greatness mm-hmm. versus an inward sign. It's an outward sign. You know, all the pictures you've shown. I, I can remember watching uh, Karate Kid, and man, I was, I was the Karate Kid. I mean, I, I couldn't actually twirl around like that, but, you know, I just... Um, but I, but in my mind I could, and and I was gonna be able to, and I wanted to take karate. I remember watching Top Gun, and then I was gonna be like, I was gonna be a, a, um, I, I was gonna be a, a Navy pilot. I Man, I just really thought the Lord was calling me to be a, a Navy pilot. Yeah, Jim. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Uh, Jim said that the, the way that men are portrayed in the media and comedies are often as, as sort of a, a doofus, and I'm just repeating that because of, for the recording. Um, and I mean, you look at like Everybody Loves Raymond or uh, Seinfeld or um, uh, even even Modern Family, which is really one of my current favorites. Uh, there, there's just um, uh, there is, by and large, men uh, are sort of emasculated. Uh, in uh, I actually haven't touched on that in this class. I, I think that I, I considered it, but uh, I I really want to think about what we pursue as strength. But I appreciate very much that um, that uh, idea that we are um, uh, portrayed as as really not having a not worthy of having to say anything. anything. Um, but get, sort of getting back to this, like, why, have you ever asked yourself exactly why, not, I'm sure not you, but, but the other people sitting next to you, uh, why, uh, why do we tie ourselves so tightly, emotionally, physically, affects everything about us, uh, to the athletic success of 19 and 20 year old boys? Really, I mean, that's not, I mean, really, why, why do we do that? I don't really have a great answer. Or maybe, have you stopped to think about it? And that's sort of the idol that I'm not supposed to touch. Uh, I was told that when I, when I came in. Uh, what is it about that particular fabric that sends us... I mean, because really, if we put that, took that fabric off and put, put orange and blue on it or, or um, you know... Uh, Rocky Top, orange on it. We would hate those same people. Like we're fans, we're fanatics about fabric. Um, and there's, you know, there's some location in, involved in it and uh, history and stuff. But uh, we, we, we do. And I'm just curious. I'm just. I think it's important to ask ourselves uh, why. Someone told me interest, something interesting recently that uh, whereas women continue making really close friendships all their lives. Mm-hmm. Men make their best friendships in high school and college. And business brings acquaintances, but mm-hmm. most of the really close bonds are going there in high school and college. So I think there's something special about those years where 
maybe we're more receptive or maybe we need those friendships mm-hmm. more. And so, you know, when you, I know as a, as a former coach and stuff, I mean, it's, it's nice to, you get something vicarious out of going winning those state championships sure. and things. And it reminds you, takes you back, keeps, keeps you a little bit in touch with your youth when, when you used to run and land and remember those there is. There's a real uh, sense of, of strength. Now, one, one of the things you said is maybe we don't need those relationships as we move on. And I would, I, that, of all you said, that's the only thing I disagree with. Because I think there is uh, in us it's a strong sort of need and uh, desire to be strong and to be aligned with a winner. I mean, there is a real at, at our core. Uh, most men feel that uh, that there's they they desire to and want to be aligned uh, with a winner. All right, just a quick clip. Gladiator, uh, Russell Crowe and his group have just defeated the folks in the Battle of Carthage, which they weren't supposed to do. The gladiators were supposed to all get killed. That's Joaquin Phoenix plays the the. Uh, if you haven't seen this, he plays the uh, son of Marcus Aurelius. He killed Mark, his father in order to take the crown. And Russell Crowe was Marcus Aurelius's uh, general. Commodus wants to meet him now. Until I call you again, then. You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. 
no te hay solo paz. It might be totally goofy, but I want to be strong like that. <laughs> I mean, just it always just stirs me just to see the the strength of of his reply. He knows, like he knows who he is. You know, he just says, he states his name, and he it just strikes fear in the heart of his enemy, and, and brings uh, crowds uh, to their feet. And um, and again, you know, there's that drive. We want to be strong. We want to be uh, triumphant. And, uh, and, you know, it might sound silly, but, but I, I sort of crave uh, sometimes uh, strength like that. And I think that, I think that all men want to be strong. I think that, um, at the very least, as somebody said, all men want to be thought of as strong. We want to be perceived uh, by others. We want to be respected at home by our wife and our kids. We want to be respected as strong uh, at work. We want for our parents... And to be proud of us and of what we do professionally and, and otherwise. And we want to be strong. And, and some men spend their whole lives trying to prove to themselves that they're strong. We want our pictures taken uh, so they can put up on the website. Um, yes. um, but you know, that kind of worked against us. Okay. In my teaching, we'll do like, get vanquished by Father. We'll talk about stoic. 
Yeah, you know, I um, it's interesting because I mean, I, this is how our strength sort of manifests itself. This is I'm CEO. I, you may know who it is. I, I actually I don't remember what the name was, but um, but this is how strength sort of manifests itself uh, in our life a lot. And that sort of stiff upper lip. This guy he's he's, uh, he's buttoned down. He probably is, is successful. He's earned his gray hair. He's dour. Uh, no excuses. He's he's hard. Um, and uh, and, you know, you're right. In the last maybe 30 years, 40 years, men have been told to express their feelings. And and I will say to you that that's a, probably a pretty healthy thing, but guys, we don't know what to do with our feelings. And that that's, you know, our wives get so confused and frustrated with us because cause they, they don't understand our, our sort of masculinity and... Um, and, and and I and why, how we can sort of compartmentalize our emotions and, and not tap into that at all and leave our whole life. I often tell my wife that you know she sort of lives in a studio apartment where everything's all in the same room, and if it happens here, it's it's it happens out, out in public. But I sort of live in an apartment complex, and it may be over in you know uh, you know row C, apartment three, and I'm over in apartment Q uh, over here, and it doesn't, those two things that don't have anything to do together. That's why I mean, we can get an argument and want to have sex that you know that's within an hour or five minutes, really. Let's be honest. And and um and 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 it might take days uh, for our wives because they live in it's all in the same room. Uh, but for us, uh, you know, it's it's uh it's it's we compartmentalize. We don't really know what to do. But this is sort of how it manifests. This is again, I, I nothing to say about this gentleman right here. Uh, yeah, well, he... That is really what we, that we honor or praise him for. That's right. He is, yeah, no doubt. Now, I would say this. It's too easy. It's, it's, uh, let's see how we're doing on time. It's too easy, uh, and it's shallow, I think, to say, uh, so now we've, no, we've named that. Don't be like that. Be like this. Okay, you should be... You, don't be like the, the hard guys. Don't be like the beer-drinking guys. Uh, be like Jesus, and um, and, and I, you know that that's just it's too. There's not enough substance to that uh, admonition. It may be true, but it but it's too uh, it's too shallow because we have generations uh, behind us uh, who, that have brought us to to this moment, to this part of ourselves, and we also have an entire culture uh, that is challenging us. And got many other men who are praised and, and and held up in society because of this sort of this image right here. And the question is why? Like why is it? Why do, we've we've said that men want to be strong. Uh, we want to side with the victor. We want to be triumphant. Uh, why? Why is that in us? And and is it wrong? 
Why do you think that is in us? Just our DNA, just sort of the way we're made, yeah. Testosterone. Testosterone, yeah. There's a lot of ads about low T these days. You know, because there's something that you know is not right if, if you're not, not up to par. I don't really know about that. I'm just kind of speaking out of school. But, um, Did but you notice the, that after the uh, big stock market, about the whole, when the world economy just tanked, the suicides were usually the men. I heard somebody say, well, why is that? And some psychiatrist, whatever she said. Men, women judge their success in life by relationships. Mm-hmm. Men judge their success is like the, how big your paycheck is. That's right. That's Accomplishment. Testosterone. Yeah. Here's the success. I'm a, I'm a success in life because yeah. this amount of money I can get this from my family, whatever. When that all crumbled, some of the guys didn't have anything to fall back. Right. Because the place in life where we are the muscle-bound guy who's ripped is right here. This is our playing field. Our place of business. What we accomplish in our life. Uh, that's, that defines us. That gives us purpose. And I would say that at, at its core, the desire that is um, placed in men uh, to be strong, to be triumphant, to be on the victor's side, it comes from being created in the image of God. That it is literally part of our DNA. That we were created in the image of the one who is the definition of strength, who is the definition of uh, of the Creator, He is to be worshipped, He is to be adored. And we are, we are created to be on His side, to be aligned uh, with Him in, in all things. And, and in fact, we were created as the crown of creation. Now the, uh, the, the female, the woman, is sort of the jewel in that crown, but, but, um, but we, we were the, the last thing that was created was humanity. And we were created to bear... Um, to bear strength. We were in the image of God, but we were created to serve God with our strength. Um, now, what has happened is that sin t- twists that and sort of dements uh, this drive and this desire that we were given, this place in us that's holy and good. Uh, and so we actually, instead of wanting to serve God with our strength, we want to be God. Uh, we want to be worshipped uh, by those around us. We want to be uh, adored uh, sought after, we want to be respected uh, in order to, f- to fulfill and to fill our own ambitions uh, rather than uh, the ambitions of God. Now, I will say, and it is my conviction, that there is nothing wrong uh, with wanting to be respected uh, or successful. But the problem that comes in our motivation and who we want that strength for, who we want that success for. Um, I came across this article. It was written not not too long ago uh, by uh, Brene Brown. Uh, do, you, do you know who that is? Um, she is a um, research professor at the University of Houston, and she has done most of her work on uh, vulnerability. And this is what this is what she wrote. This is in the Washington Post on Valentine's Day. The article is called "Love Note to a Workaholic." This is what she says. As someone who is intimately familiar with overachieving, I recognize the angst behind the questions that I hear from men and women who have accomplished so much professionally 
but struggle to stay connected personally. Questions ranging from, why am I so engaged at work, yet I feel increasingly disconnected from my wife and children? To, how do I turn off the self-critical instincts that serve me as a leader? Many of us have spent the majority of our adult lives in jobs that train us to outrun and outsmart the experience that underpins love and connection, namely uh, vulnerability. We wake up in the morning, we put on our armor, we march into the office thinking, I will protect myself. I will not let you see my self-doubt or my fear. I will put on my boss face. We manage a slew of employees and relationships. We act serious in business meetings. We send BlackBerry messages from bed at 3 a.m. We perform, perfect, and prove ourselves all day long. In fact, I often call perfectionism the 20-ton shield. We lug it around thinking that as long as we look, live, and act and work as though we're perfect, we're protected from criticism and blame. This emotional armor we bring to work is heavy, and the weaponry takes a long time to assemble, so when we get home in the evenings, we don't put it away. It's too much trouble, and frankly, it's too risky. Home can also be a place where performing and perfecting are expected. With everyone's vulnerability shielded, our families are together, but we really don't see one another. And here's the money paragraph. We start to manage situations and micromanage the people around us, not just at work, but in the rest of our lives as well. We make what is uncertain certain, no matter what the cost. We basically stay so busy that the truth of our lives can never catch up. We look confident on the outside and we feel scared on the inside. Even though a woman wrote that, I mean, I don't know about you, but it really hit home for me. Um, the idea that, that we, we have all of these things and, and, and even at, at work we have to be strong. That's our playing field and yet um, it affects our relationships uh, at home. And we have this sort of facade of strength on the outside and we feel like a little scared little boy uh, on the inside. But God help us if anybody ever found out, we felt like a scared little boy on the inside, even though everybody in the boardroom feels the same way. Um, and I guess what I really want to say in, in this um, is, is, that the, is where the place of the cross is and where the place of, of the gospel is. Because it is, it is in... Um, It's really only the gospel that can help us live from a place of true strength uh, than a facade of strength. And, and what I mean by that is that, that you, there may be a poser who looks just like Russell Crowe in Gladiator 
and is actually able to do the same things, but he's not fighting for a great cause. He's just a mercenary. He's fighting for himself. And it looks the same on the outside, uh, but, but on the, ins- the inside, the motivation is completely different. Most of us, as men, go to strength bypassing the cross. Um, the cross is another place where it's too risky. And, uh, and what I mean by that is that the cross is sort of all about vulnerability. And the cross is all about, in a sense, uh, dying to self, dying to ambition, dying uh, to strength. We want to be strong. We want to side with the victor. And that's why we really would rather have uh, Easter than Good Friday. Uh, because um, Jesus... I mean, there's a sense in which we know if our theology is right, we can say it, but there's sort of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He hangs out with children and lambs and, 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 um, and He died. And He wasn't able to overcome His enemies. And it would be a lot... Um, sexier to follow a, a stronger Savior. But that's, that's a wrong-headed perspective because it's actually the fears that we have that Jesus died for. And all of our weaknesses uh, that, he, that He died for and um, and it is in being vulnerable to Christ and offering up our sins and being honest about where we were on Saturday when we were supposed to be at the business conference and um, and really living sort of an integrated life that the life that we have in here is actually the same life that we have when after our kids have gone to bed and the computer screen's up. Um, that those uh, that those weaknesses and those um, sins uh, are actually that Jesus has died for those things and He has paid the full penalty for those things. And so, before God anyway, and maybe not before our wives, but before God, um, those things are completely forgiven. And they're done away with uh, in total. All of our weaknesses, all of our secret sins, all of the, the little boyness um, it has, has been, is sort of put to death. And so we are then restored to the place that we, that's, that's the gospel. So we are restored uh, to the place where we are actually able to side with the victor. We're actually um, put uh, to a place where we are able to uh, live uh, from from true strength rather than a facade of strength because we're able to live uh, for Him. Because when our lives as Christians, 
look like this, though. Like this, and what this picture has represented in our um, conversation this morning. When they look like this, um, Sunday afternoon, all the way through uh, Sunday morning. And, and what we really believe and say we believe as Christians except, uh, doesn't affect the rest of our life, then, then there's a problem. But when we die to self and we, die, we put all of our weakness on the cross, then the one who gets the glory is the Lord's. And I want to read, um, I'm going to spend a little more time in 1 Peter 5 next time, but, but I want to just read this. He says, Humble yourselves. This is Peter speaking to the elders and the, the men of the church, the elders of the church. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Now, this, if we put, live here, then that requires an incredible amount of humility and we have to wait on God to exalt us. If we humble ourselves, says Peter, uh, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you. The problem with that is that what if He doesn't? Or what if He doesn't in the way that I want? What if the glory of my life that God gives me doesn't end up looking like what I've been working the last 20 years on creating. And then, at that point, it's a matter of faith and trust. Do you trust that what God wants to give you is better than what you can provide for yourself? Maybe not by the world's standards, uh, but, by, um, but by God's own standards. And I would just say that if the Gospel is true then it is trustworthy. And that we as men, the first place that we need to be vulnerable is to the Lord. And let that free us to be, begin to be vulnerable uh, with our, within our families. And to live... So we're going to talk about what that looks like, uh, but to be honest, but it really is a matter of do you believe the Gospel uh, as a man? Um, or do you bypass the gospel and create strength on the outside without dealing with the fears and stuff on the inside? And I know that if you're like me, that the tendency over and over again is, is to, to go to the second one, to create for ourselves uh, rather than to go through the cross and to live from a facade of strength uh, with hiding secret fears rather than to live from a true place of strength, having those fears uh, died for and put away. I'm going to just sort of let that simmer. Um, I, I would really appreciate um, if you have, or value, I guess, if, if you have comments to give me a call or shoot me an email, and we'll get to those things. Um, but I'm just going to let it simmer. I'm going to close this in prayer. And, um, and just, and this is Holy Week. And I just challenge, ask you to bring this to the Lord and ask Him where you have a facade and where you're living from true strength, and what needs to die, and what needs to be confessed. Um, specifically, not a general confession, but a specific confession. Um, and I'm available to you to, to help do that, uh, if, uh, if that's something you want to walk through before Easter. Um, so, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, You have made us men.
And you have made us men created in your image. And you have made us for strength and valor and triumph. But but it is for your glory. For the victory is yours. Give us the faith to trust you with the gospel. To trust in the goodness of where you might exalt us if we were actually to be willing to give you everything that we had created for ourselves. It actually takes a lot of strength and courage to face that, Lord. To plant that strength and courage within us by Your grace that we might confess and live authentically uh, for You as men of God. We ask this in the name of our elder brother, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.